Bismillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala Qala rabbi shahli sadri wa yassir li amri wahlul uqdatan min lisani Yafqahu qawli Allahumma zidna ilma All praise and thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Peace and salutations upon Muhammad ibn Abdullah Salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi Peace and salutations upon the Prophet wasallam, his family, his friends, and upon all those who try to emulate him until the end of time. So tonight, inshallah, we'll be looking at the seventh naqid, the seventh nullifier, and that is as-sihr. Wa minhu as-sarf wa atif. فَمَنْ فَعَلَهُ أَوْ رَضِيَ بِهِ كَفَرَ وَالدَّلِيلِ قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى وَمَا يُعَلِّمَانِ مِنْ أَحَدٍ حَتَّى يَقُولَ إِنَّمَا نَحْنُ فِتْنَةٌ فَلَا تَكْفُرُ So the seventh nullifier of Islam that Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullahu ta'ala that he brings in his book Title Nawaqidul Islam and the Sheikh he brings 10. So we are on the seventh one. So inshallah we are basically heading towards the end. And this is something that is extremely important and that it should not be taken lightly. And that is as magic. So the first the first thing we need to understand and that we need to look at is what is the definition of magic. So, sihr, it is uqqadun, right? It is to tie knots. Wanafthun, and it is to blow. Waruqa, and it is to write on papers. Or making ta'awid or amulets. It is also a contract between the magician and shaitan. The magician, he agrees to do something for the shaitan. And in return, the shaitan agrees to do something for the magician. And this is the essence of magic. And then the shaykh he says, فَمَنْ فَعَلَوْ And whomsoever does this, أَوْ رَضِيَ بِهِ Or is happy with this magic. Kafara. He has disbelieved. What dalil and what is the proof? It is in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah. وَمَا يُعَلِّمَانِ مِنْ أَحَدٍ حَتَّى يَقُولَا إِنَّمَا نَحْنُ فِتْنَةٌ فَلَا تَكْفُرُ And we're going to read the whole verse. Right? We translate the whole verse, makes it easier to understand. Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions and He says, وَاتَّبَعُوا مَا تَتْلُوا الشَّيَاطِينُ عَلَى مُلْكِ سُلَيْمَانِ وَمَا كَفَرَ سُلَيْمَانُ وَلَكِنَّ الشَّيَاطِينَ كَفَرُوا يُعَلِّمُونَ النَّاسَ السِّحْرِ 
وما أنزل على الملكين ببابل هاروت وماروت وما يعلمان من أحد حتى يقول إنما نحن فتنة فلا تكفر فيتعلمون منهما ما يفرقون به بين المرء وزوجه وما هم بضارين به من أحد إلا بإذن الله ويتعلمون ما يدرهم ولا ينفعهم ولقد علموا لمن اشتراه ما له في الآخرة من خلق سأله سبحانه وتعالى يسيز واتبعوا ما تتلو الشياطين that they followed what the shayateen, the devils gave out falsely of the magic in the lifetime of Nabi Sulaiman alayhi salam. And, right, Allah says, وَمَا كَفَرَ Sulaiman That Sulaim, Nabi Sulaiman alayhi salam, he did not disbelieve, but that the shayateen, that the devils, that they disbelieved. Teaching men magic and such things that came down at Babylon to the two angels, Harut and Marut. But neither of these two angels taught anyone such things until they had said, we are only here for a trial. So believe not Yani the learning of this magic from us. And from these angels the people learn that by which they cause separation between men or man and his wife. But they could not thus harm anyone except by the permission of Allah. And they learn that which harms them and profits them not. And indeed they knew that the buyers of it, yani of the magic, would have no share in the year after. And how bad indeed was that for which they sold their own selves if only they knew. Right, so here we find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains to us about this magic in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we need to also understand that these people in the community, right? These magicians, you find them in the community. Dressed sometimes in Islamic garb. Right? People go to them. Right? Maybe the older people, right? They used to call it what? Ahlu Sunnah Right? The Tukum. Right? These were words that were used in our Cape culture. Right? They write Ajumachis. Right? These were words that was used in Cape culture. Right? They write you what? Ta'weed. It's alright. You know, just put this in water. It's covered up. It's fine. Put it up at the house. There's been a problem of burglary. You put it on top of the window. What is in there, we don't know. Most people don't open it. But when you do open it, what do you find? Right? We'll touch on this a bit later. But you find scribbles. You find numbers. You find blocks. 
Sometimes you find them calling the shayatin. So if this isn't kufr, if this isn't disbelief, then I don't know what is disbelief. Right? So let's carry on and see. So these people, these magicians, right? May Allah's curse be on them. They prow and they use innocent people. If someone was to know, correct, that look here, this person, they're working with jinn, they're working with us, are they going to go to that person? A genuine, they're not going to go. But they look at these people and they say, ah, no, it's a pious person, he's going to help me. And this is why knowledge is so important. And what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say about this? وَلَا يُفْلِحُ السَّاحِرُ حَيْثُ أَتَى that the magician will never ever be successful. No matter whatever amount of skills he may attain. And how can someone attain success? How can someone attain to gain closeness to Allah but you go in against Allah's teachings? Doesn't make sense. You want to gain the closeness of Allah, for example, but you go and you make dua at the grave. Allah tells you this, do not do this, do not seek help from others, but you still seek help and you expect to get Allah's mercy. See, something to think about. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, that, وَمَا يُعَلِّمَانِ مِنْ أَحَدٍ حَتَّى يَقُولَ but neither of these two angels taught anyone such things till they had said we are only here from a trial so disbelieve not. So magic and to believe in magic and to do magic is kufr. It is disbelief ijma'an by consensus. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said shaddu sahir he said that the prescribed punishment for the practitioner of magic is a blow with the sword. Haddu sahir darbus Right? Meaning execution. Qala nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, he says, Ijtanibu sabaa al mubiqat. The Prophet وسلم, he said, Beware and stay away from the seven great sins. They said, Ya Rasulullah, ma hunna, what is this? He says, Ashirku billah, to ascribe partners with Allah Azza wa Jal, was sihr and Magic. And then he mentioned the other five. But see what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions first. Ashirk billah. And this is the greatest dhulm, the greatest oppression that any person can do is to ascribe a partner with Allah. And immediately after that, what does he say? Asihar. Magic. 
So what is the hukum of learning magic? If a person learns, learns magic in order to counteract magic or for any other purposes, then that is not permissible and in fact it is something which nullifies one's Islam. Because it is not possible to learn it without falling into shirk. And that happens by worshipping the shayateen, by offering sacrifices to them, by making vows to them, and other kinds of worship and offering sacrifices to them and seeking to draw close to them with things that they love until they serve a person and do what he wants. This is the bottom line. The evil jinnat, the evil jinn, the shayateen, what do they want from us? They want us to do what? Disbelief. To disbelieve. What is shaitan's job? To disbelieve. Shaitan's job is to cause separation between husband and wife. Shaitan's job is to cause people to not worship Allah. That is his job. He told Allah, I'm going to do that. That I'm going to lead them astray. You give me respite. I'm going to lead them astray. This is his job. And he's good in his job. How many people works for him? Min al-jinnati wannas. From the jinn kind and from mankind. They work for shaitan. So beware. There's a hadith in which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam su'ila an nashrati wa hiya hallu sihr عن المسحور فقال من عمل الشيطان قال فذلك عليه صلاة والسلام محذرا أمة الإسلام من طعات السحر لأي غرض من الأغراض ولأي مجال من المجالات ولو كان لأجل حل السحر عن مسحور الله سبحانه وتعالى يوسو منشنز وَمَنْ يَعْتَصِمْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ هُدِيَ إِلَى صِرَاتٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ That whosoever holds firm to Allah, then Allah's religion, and obeys all that Allah has ordered, then is indeed guided to the right path. We should also not fall into the trap that everything is sihr, everything is magic. Allah is going to test us, there is no doubt. But not everything, for example, he walks down the road, he breaks his leg, ask Iman made sihr on him. No. He maybe didn't see where he was walking. And he tripped. Broke his leg. Right? You need to be aware of this as well. So it is also wajib upon all of us that we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for protection from hasad, from ayin, and from sihr. And what does Allah teach us about asking him? وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِ أَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٍ أُجِيبُ الدَّعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ إِذَا دَعَانِ فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُ لِي وَلْيُؤْمِنُوا بِي لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْشُدُونَ That when my slave asks, then tell him that I am closer to him. And I answer the call of the one that makes dua, the one that calls me to me. 
إِذَا دَعَانْ When he calls فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُوا لِي So Follow me وَلْيُؤْمِنُوا بِي لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْشُدُونَ And you believe لَعَلَّهُمْ You will be Rightly Guided And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To guide and protect us From these Evil things So this obviously brings us to a very important point and that is what are the signs of sihar? This is important to know, correct? We need to know this. So some of the signs of sihar is that they will ask you for your name and the name of your mother. So we know when someone asks you what is your name, you say your name is Abu Bakr. And then they ask you who was your father? Then you say Abu Bakr Ibn and you give your dad's name. So why would the magician then want to know your mother's name and not your father's name? Because in Islam we go with our father's name. So this is already a sign. This is something that's supposed to go off now. A light bulb must go off in your head. Why is he asking this? They ask you to give a piece of your hair. They ask you to slaughter something for them. So these are all things that are supposed to let that light bulb start flicking in your brain. Then also what do they do? They make knots and they blow on certain things. Right? They make knots and they blow on certain things. Also, what do they do? Wana They make you reach such a point that you start to desecrate the Quran. Sometimes all these people they put urine or they put feces on the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I'm going to, to narrate to you two stories. Right? Two things that has actually happened. That we've heard from the people themselves. One was a particular man, was quite young in his time, he just finished school and he went to university. Right? I just want to show you what type of people we have here. What fault we are busy with. So what happens? Goes to university and he fails the first year. His father takes him to this particular person. This particular person asks him these questions, name of the mother, give a piece of E, etc., this, that, that, and that's what happens. Then he tells him you must take a few black chickens, you must put them in the sea, etc., and you must walk with your, don't let your back face them, all these things. And next year comes again. And he fails again. Father takes him back. Same procedure, etc. etc. What do you think happens the third year? He passes. The father doesn't take him back. So why did he pass? Did he go do that stuff again? No. Because he studied. 
But the point that we're trying to, the point that he was highlighting to us, is the things that they made him do. It's not far-fetched. Don't think this only happened in the time of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Don't think this only happened 100, 500 years ago. It's happening in our community, and people are not speaking about it. Right. So that was the one. Right. The other one, also. Someone that I know personally. Right, he had a bit of a problem as well. Parents took him here. Same story, same man. Does all these things. Makes him wear tawis, makes him do this. Where does it come from? Right, I met someone. Says, you know, this is a tawis. We get it, we open it, we check it out. Names of evil jinn in there. So this is the type of things that the people are giving, that the magicians are giving people to wear. They work in with jinn. They call on the jinn. Isti'ana bi jinn. Seeking assistance from the jinn. This is kufr. Shirk billah. Right? People come to you with sultani aishkoi. Maskat lemons. Do all these weird things. Where does this come from? This is not part of Islam and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us. Right, so this was number seven. Now we're going to look at number eight. Mudaharatul Mushrikeen wa mu'awanatuhum ala al-Muslimin wa dalil qawlu ta'ala wa mayyata wallahum minkum fa'innahu minhum إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَهْدِي الْقَوْمَ الظَّالِمِينَ وَمَنْ يَتَوَلَّهُمْ مِنْكُمْ From you, فَإِنَّهُ مِنْهُمْ They know he is part of them. إِنَّ اللَّهَ That indeed Allah لَا يَهْدِي الْقَوْمَ الظَّالِمِينَ So this is a very important mas'ala. This is a mas'ala of loving the kuffar, assisting the kuffar, and is there something, can you help them, can't you help them? What is the relationship with a kuffar? And this is a mas'ala that comes up a lot. In our times today. Right? This is used a lot against Muslim countries, against Muslim leaders. This is used a lot again by the khawarij. Right? They take this mas'ala very serious. So now we're going to look at this mas'ala. And the first thing is that this relates to having enmity towards the disbelievers. Correct? And not having love and alliance for them. This is the asal. That there shouldn't be an alliance, there shouldn't be love between us and them. Understood? But this is this and this does not necessitate that we cut off from the disbelievers in social matters and matters of worldly benefit. But rather there is a number of affairs that is an exception to this. So the first one is that along with our hatred for them 
and our enmity to them, it is wajib upon us that we call them to what? To Islam. Right? So dawah is wajib. That we call them to worship the most perfect and the most high Allahu Azza wa Jal. It is wajib that we call them to Allah and that we do not leave them and just say that they are the enemies of Allah. It is wajib, it is compulsory upon us that we call them to Allah so perhaps Allah may guide them. And if they do not respond, then we fight them along with the ability that we have. So either then they will enter into Islam with the ability so, or they will pay the jizya. And this is the amount of money that is given over to the Muslims. And if they are from the Jews and Christians or the fire worshippers, whilst they are humbled and submitting to the rule of Islam and they are then left upon what they believe. However, with the condition that the jizya is handed over and that they submit to the rule of Islam. So they will live in the Muslim lands, they will pay the jizya, but they will follow the rules of Islam. Point number two. There is nothing to prevent having a truce worthy people that do not believe in Allah. When there is a need for it. When Muslims is in need of a truce, then there is nothing wrong with calling a truce. With calling a ceasefire. So for example, the Muslims are not able to fight against them. And there is fear that the Muslims will lose. And there is fear that the Muslims might leave Islam. Then they can be a truce. وَإِن جَنَحُوا لِسَّلْمِ فَجْنَحْ لَهَا وَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ إِنَّهُ هُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ Allah says, And if they incline towards peace, then you incline towards peace as well. Point number three. There is nothing to prevent returning their good treatment. If they treat the Muslims well, then what do we do? We will treat them well as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, لَا يَنْهَاكُمُ اللَّهُ عَنِ الَّذِينَ لَمْ يُقَاتِلُوكُمْ فِي الدِّينِ وَلَمْ يُخْرِجُوكُمْ مِنْ دِيَارِكُمْ إِنْ تَبَرُّوهُمْ وَتُقْسِتُوا إِلَيْهِمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُقْسِطِينَ So Allah does not forbid you لَا يَنْهَاكُمُ اللَّهُ عَنِ الَّذِينَ لَمْ يُقَاتِلُوكُمْ Allah does not forbid you from those who do not fight against you with regards to the religion and who do not expel you from your homes from treating them well. If you live in a country and there's peace, right? So, right, we take our situation, for example, in South Africa and in Cape Town. Right? There's crime, yes, no one denies that. But is there a particular grouping currently or particular actions that is fighting against Muslims here? Yes or no? No. Right? If there's crime in the area, it affects everyone. Christian, Muslim, Jew, Hindu, white, black, colored, everyone gets affected. But there's no system here yet. And we pray to Allah that it never comes. That is anti-Islam or that is trying to fight us or does not want us to practice our religion 
properly. So how do we treat them? We treat them with kindness. We treat them with good. So what happens after that? That they can come to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number four. The father who is a disbeliever. Now this is important. It is wajib on the child who is a Muslim to treat them well. However, you should not obey him with regards to his disbelief. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, وَوَصَّيْنَا الْإِنسَانَ بِوَالِدَيْهِ حَمَلَتْهُ أُمُّهُ وَهْنًا عَلَى وَهْنٍ وَفِصَالُهُ فِي عَامَيْنِ أَنِشْكُرْ لِي وَلِوَالِدَيْكَ إِلَيَّ الْمَصِيرِ وَإِنْ جَاهَدَاكَ عَلَى أَنْ تُشْرِكَ بِي مَا لَيْسَ لَكَ بِهِ عِلْمٍ فَلَا تُتِعْهُمَا وَصَاحِبُهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا مَعْرُوفًا وَاتَّبِعْ سَبِيلَ مَنْ أَنَابَ إِلَيْهِ ثُمَّ إِلَيَّ مَرْجِعُكُمْ فَأُنَبِّئُكُمْ بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ And that we have commanded وَوَصَيْنَا الْإِنسَانِ That we have commanded mankind to treat his parents well. His mother bore him upon a state of weakness and hardship upon weakness and hardship. And his weaning was in two years. And we enjoin him to give thanks to me and to your parents. To me is your return. And if they strive to make you associate something along with me, that which you have no knowledge of, then do not obey them. But live along with them in this world in good manner. And follow the path of those who turn to me. So here we find subhanallah. Right? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying. And this goes. The, the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu goes the same as this. La ta'atil makhluk ila ma'asiyati khaliq. That there is no obedience to the creation in the disobedience to Allah. So yes you respect your parents. But if they are going to tell you to do things that is contrary to Islam. Then you don't. Listen to them. Right, this is important. Right? The parent knows that the parent has the right, even if he does not believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that the child treats him well. So what about still a Muslim child with a Muslim parent? Even if he does something wrong, how shouldn't he be treating his parents? Number five, something important. Having business dealings, mutual business dealings with them and buying needs from them and importing goods and weapons from them by paying their price, there is no harm in this. The Prophet wasallam used to have dealings with the disbelievers. Likewise, he, وسلم, he dealt with the people of Khaybar and they were Jews upon the basis that they would farm the land in exchange for a part of produce. This is not from alliance and love. Rather this is from mutual benefit. Right? If I buy something from the shop. Does it mean that I like that owner? No it doesn't. Right? Sometimes you, you need to go to someone. You don't like him. Right? After the class I'll explain something that happened to me today. Nothing I can do. So know that it is important that they can be. Ta'awun, they can be relationships between these people. 
Then the next point, Allah has permitted marriage to the people of the book. Right? A Muslim man can marry a woman from the people of the book and Allah knows best. Also the food from them can be eaten by us and Allah knows best. Seventhly, there is no harm in responding to the invitations and eating the food for which is permissible. The Prophet ﷺ did this. And number eight, it is treating the neighbors who are disbelievers well and trying to win them back to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is extremely important, right? That we know who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is and we know how to deal with our non-Muslims, right? Like I said at the start, we have people that they find it um, that everything is a problem. How can this state deal with this state? We don't understand politics. We don't understand what's happening. And the ulama has given us guidelines. They've given the Muslim leaders guidelines and we should follow that. So alhamdulillah we did two. Right, We did number seven and number eight. Inshallah next week we will complete number nine and number ten. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashadu wa la ilaha illa. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik.